0: everyone welcome to the second episode of bushwalkers diary and here I am with Alex who is smiling with delight because we are here watching sunset in Queensland uh, despite of corona uh, we actually had to apply for a border pass and we made it a day before first of August 2020 so we are here on the other side actually looking at perhaps New South Wales some of the cliffs beautiful sunset and there are clouds rolling. Alex if you see uh, really bad weather and you let's say you're heading up the mountain what would be your first reaction as a bushwalker?
1: Yeah that's an interesting one. I think it it really depends on where I am and the sort of party that I'm with. Um, obviously a day walk is also quite different to a, an overnight walk. If it's a day walk well you might be in a bit of trouble because you can't really uh you know, wait it out, but definitely getting your wet weather gear on first is always really important. Often people see a little bit of uh, sprinkling and go, ah, oh, it's alright, and keep walking, and all of a sudden they're quite wet, and then they put their raincoat on and all their rain stuff and by that time they're already wet on the inside and it's a little bit late, it's not as effective. Um, so really, first opportunity, put your raincoat off, and often they're referred to as safety raincoats, where you put your raincoat on And then uh, it doesn't rain, so that's the best scenario. Um, Is uh, it's go the effort of putting a raincoat on, no rain, perfect, no complaints there. Take your raincoat off again and keep walking. But yeah, definitely get your wet weather gear out. Um, So you know, day walk, keep walking unless you're worried about lightning, and um, you know, lightning can be an issue in some areas. Bushwalkers. Uh, you know, very rarely are affected by lightning. I don't know whether that's because we take precautions or whether it's not actually as much of an issue as people worry about. It can be quite scary, though, to be honest. Some of my scariest experiences whilst bushwalking have been due to lightning storms. Um, And uh, it's just because you have so little control. Most things in life you have a lot of control over, or you feel at least like you've got a lot of control over. Um, or even if you don't have a lot of control, someone else is in charge. For example, driving or being in a plane. Someone else is in charge or you're in charge. Uh, a lightning storm, there's not much you can do. Um, you know, you don't know where the lightning's going to strike next. And when you feel your head tingling and hair standing up, you go, is that, is that the feeling you get before you get struck by lightning? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe it is. I've had it plenty of times and I haven't got struck by lightning, but it's just a really weird sensation. Um, So, you know, if you're worried about lightning, and obviously that's when you're in open fields, um, where you're going to stand out above anything, or if you're at the top of a ridge or something like that, where lightning might strike nearby, even if it's not striking you directly, it's going to give you a bit of a shock if it strikes nearby. Um, you know, whether it's a literal shock or a, uh, you know, a, a bit of a surprise because of the loudness of it, but it also has danger from uh, the way it hits trees and actually explodes the tree um, often and, and can start fires as well. Um, so there's a phenomenon called dry lightning which is where or dry storms where the storms come past it's just electrical no rain and often you get fire spark from that something to keep in mind
0: So yeah I grew up in mountains and uh, every time we had a fire in the mountains that was usually because of the lightning because mm, mm. it's dry forest and lightning struck and one thing led to another and a huge line of fire you see across the mountains So yeah that's that's very that's true
1: very common in Australia look we've just had a massive you know, in summer, a massive um, store, uh, fire, 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 storm, lots of things in the Blue Mountains. And um, the main fire, the Gospers Mountain Fire, which burnt you know, 80% of the Blue Mountains World Heritage Area, was, was, was started from a single tree burning, you know, lightning strike, single tree lightning strike. Um, and, you know, not the rain at the same time to put it out. But, you know, that's not something you have to worry about too much. Obviously, something to be mindful of. And if you get caught in a lightning storm, just stop. You know, there's lots of things you can read about, about how you curl up and you stand on one leg and hold your, you know, your ankles and things like that. <laughs> no, they're serious things, <laughs> uh, you know, there are things. Stand on one leg and hold your ankles, apparently. So the, the, uh, the lightning uh So you shock... become
0: an sh- anchor. Well,
1: so that the lightning doesn't pass through your heart. That's what you're trying oh, to do. right. But when you're sitting there, you know, I've had this experience where we walked, we're walking through a creek and lightning was about, and I'm scared about whether if you step in the creek, the creek's going to electrocute you. If somewhere else <laughs> get you know gets struck by yep, lightning, yep. Um, and we're crossing side to side, and it's all tingling, and I've got a big poncho on, so the poncho drapes down. Did you
0: feel the sensation? Oh, I felt the tingling definitely, oh, wow. and
1: we and we just it was pouring, absolutely pouring rain. Uh, and we just stop. We find a little clearing. When I say clearing, it's just like we yeah, there's bush everywhere, like fern. And we just sort of stop there. And I'm trying to work out whether I go near the tree or away the tr- from the tree, because obviously the tree attracts. Well, a tree can lightning. attract lightning, but you know, but then you it might be out in the open, so maybe that's not good either. I don't know, but I I assume staying away from the tree might have been better. I was maybe halfway in between, and I'm trying to work out. Well, maybe I sit on my pack. So I was sitting on my pack, let no electricity so wouldn't go through it. But then my poncho was draping down onto the ground. So does the lightning go through the poncho? Look, I didn't know about anything like that. And maybe i got to read up on it. But in theory, I don't think it's too much of a problem. I think the main thing is to keep calm and don't climb up a hill. Okay? Do,
0: you, do you reckon people start Googling at the moment what, what they, well, should they should do? Well, they should, yeah. And
1: they can, they can let us know what they'd do in a lightning <laughs> storm. I'd be very interested. You know, this isn't an open field. This is just where you're a bit scared. And I've heard stories of people walk past trees that have been exploded completely, They just explode, and and how scary it would have been if they were near the tree. And obviously, the tree can fall down. You know, probably the bigger problem if it's a lightning storm is the actual storm itself, from branches falling down and things like that, not so much from the lightning. Um, so so keep that in mind, and obviously try and stay away from trees. But again, you know, I'm not aware of too many bushwalkers that are being killed by a falling branch or or anything of that nature. Um, you know, it's not something I've heard of, but you know, it could well happen. Um, and you know, these uh, severe storms come along. But look, if you're um, if you're an overnight walk and you can get ready for camp, we'll definitely try and do that before the storm comes. If you think the storm is going to come and pass, well, don't set up your stuff. Okay, just leave it as it is. Um, and uh, and 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 especially don't start setting up your metal tent with your big, <laughs> big long metal poles. You know, th- this yes. experience I'm recounting. Um, you know, we sat there for about 40 minutes in the pouring rain. Just pouring rain and storm.
0: So when you say that, which area? Because I heard from you, recent experience with some other uh, fellow bushwalker that you were camping in Natai, you were planning to do overnight. And you had some tremendous amount of storm, wind, and a lot of rain. Uh, would you be able to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, well this one, there's been a few lightning experiences. This one was in... Um, uh, it's called uh, uh, Mother Woyla is the walk. Um, so Mother Woyla is a special peak down down in southern, uh, lower south coast of New South Wales, inland a little bit. It's um, quite, quite remote and very special. Uh, and this was, you know, halfway through this walk, um, you know, two days walk from anywhere, really. Uh, and yeah, just big, you know, in the evening, big storm came up, but we hadn't set up camp. And we'd, you know, just sat there, as I say, 40 minutes or more, just in the pouring rain. And eventually someone went, stuff this, I'm going to set up my tent. And, you know, they got someone else to help them as well. <laughs> so there were two people, there were three people holding the poles for this tent. <laughs> I was just very worried. <laughs> well, whilst the storm was going, still going, you know, but maybe it was a little bit less. Maybe the lightning wasn't every two seconds, but every you know, 20 seconds or something. But, um, you know i i i just sat there and i didn't even have a tent so there's a great photo of me because i had this poncho on you know imagine a poncho is a sheet that goes in all directions and there's a head hole at the top um i just essentially walked moved and attached the four corners of my poncho to things with my hands and then so to so you know move forward attach the two front corners to something then move back and attach the two back corners and then I was in, that was my tent. So, you know, I was still under it and I just popped my head down and it was done. Um, so that was a very makeshift sort of shelter. I don't know how well it worked. You know, I can't really remember. But it was more comfort, you know, mental comfort more than anything. And look, eventually, eventually the storm passed. Um, was
0: I, it uh, the poncho set up for the whole night or oh, yeah. just for the storm? No, that's
1: all I have. Yeah. So that's all I had was just a poncho. Obviously. I don't know if I got wet or not and eventually the storm passed and it was back to how it was. You know, the, the storm that I had more recently and there wasn't any lightning in this one but this was a big storm. We were sitting, getting ready for what we call happy hour. So happy hour is usually just before sunset. Um, You sort of, you know, mostly, you usually get your tent and stuff set up but you get food, dips, crapper, crackers, wine, alcohol, whatever you've got, you know, things to share. And... uh you sit around, hopefully, either look out and you watch the sunset. Sometimes
0: yeah. you have a fire, sometimes you don't, depending if it's a high camp or mm, low camp.
1: Mm, mm, depends on your setup. But usually food, you usually, at least there's dips and crackers and whatever, something to share with the group. Uh, obviously, a bit different now with COVID, but you know, um, you can do it all individually. Usually watch the sunset if you can. But we're just getting ready to do that, and we're near a place called Bottom Pick. And uh, this is in Nattera National Park, as Kavita was saying. Um, There was was four of us, uh, all set up. I'd even gone to the effort of setting up a bit of a shelter. You know, I don't normally do that. um, Out of my Tyvek ground Uh, sheet. If
0: if you're wondering what um, kind of shelter Alex uses, please uh, listen to episode one. He has explained what kind of gear he usually uses. He's quite a bit of a minimalist, I will point that out. So it might not be suitable for everybody, but any lightweight packers might be inspired by the episode. Please ask. Alex, go ahead.
1: Yeah, any, anyone can become a minimalist. on, It's easy. It's easy. You just get a smaller pack. That's step one. But um, it's a journey, though. It's a journey. But, you know, in this case, yeah, just sitting down for happy hour, right on the edge of a cliff. And it was just an amazing spot. It had actually been burnt previously, so it was very stark, not much tree cover. Um, and then it had been flooded, and so all the soil had been washed away. And then this just storm came across. We looked at and went, Oh, that's a bit of a storm. And then, you know, two minutes later it hit. And it was really strong. Um, two people were under a fly, so they were a couple in their flight, so it's a tarp setup. That just completely collapsed, pretty much straight away, just collapsed on top of them. And they were just, you know, these two bodies. You can see the outlines of wow. these two bodies underneath underneath this tarp. Um And all of a sudden, you know, I've got my set up, which is just a bit of a piece of, you know, uh, material. Um, Someone else that was on the trip had a brand new tent set up for the first time. And I looked and I yelled out. And what happened? The tent had pulled out of the ground and was flying in the air like a kite. Wow. Right near the cliff edge. So I ran over and she ran over and we both grabbed the tent. And um, it was just, the wind was so strong. I, I stood, so the tent was sort of pushing against me. Wow and i don't know we stood like that for 20 minutes maybe more it felt like a long standing. time standing standing trying to hold on to this tent just being completely rattled
0: do you, do you think it could have been dangerous for all of you like Where? if you stand or is it better to sit down or lie sure, down it was
1: um well, the next the problem was you know obviously we weren't right at the cliff edge weren't We weren't get pushed off there was no lightning we were a little bit worried about tree branches but mm. interestingly because the area had been burnt the trees don't have any leaves, so they didn't blow around as much. Right. I think when they have leaves, they, they fall over more yeah, easily. Yes,
0: because it, of the heaviness. Yeah,
1: because of the, the heaviness things. and because they more catch the wind a bit more. On the way out, the drive out, because we actually left that night, we just packed up and left that night, there were trees that had been all over the road that had wow. been cut, big trees. You know, hundreds, of, like lots of trees had all fallen down, they cut them up. Um, but where we were, no trees fell down. So obviously in a big, strong storm, that can be a bit, bit of an issue. But what happened next was hail. So we got hit by hail. Wow. And, and while you're still standing. While I was still standing. I ain't got, I ain't got no shelter or anything. Um, we're trying to undo it, this person's tent to try and, you know, just get it from its pole yeah. so it's not like a sail anymore. And the hail comes. And it was first smaller and then bigger. And I have heard of hail, again, never, you know really injuring someone but being a problem and people hiding behind their packs that's obviously a strategy you can use you can get your big pack and hide behind it problem is we weren't at our packs we were holding onto this tent and so we were trying to hide behind the tent and the hail just really hurt and um, I've got this I managed to get just this little short clip of video and maybe we can add in the audio and try and get a link to it or something but just of how strong the wind was all of a sudden um, it was just amazing how quickly it came and i i I haven't really experienced a storm come like that and then soon enough it finished and it just stopped and then you know we went oh this is shit you know all our stuff's wet and whatever and it was more because we weren't ready for it if we were more ready for it we would have done things differently the sand the soil was quite sandy so that's why pegs and things pulled out um obviously because of the fires and the floods Um, but if we were more prepared we would have done a bit more um but because it was only you know it was only a two-hour walk back to the cars we'd taken a sort of a long enjoyable route to get there we just went i'll oh, stuff this we'll just walk home so we just packed up and the sun came out and <laughs> we got these great photos beautiful lovely nice photos um of right just walking up. yeah in the sun and there's little creeks and streams form. and this is
0: after you decided to go home yeah
1: and we went oh well you know <laughs> so we,
0: and i heard the two people who were another couple in your bushwalk also had their tent set up and they had to lie inside their tent to keep it from flying yeah
1: well that was that was their tarp and they were just holding on from the underneath so they you know, it was essentially squished on top of them Yeah, you know, it's just fabric and they were just holding on to it um just so it didn't you know fly away because that can really fly away it's got, you no know, no poles or anything attached to it um but you know they'd sort of set it up thinking nice and low it'll be you know all right if the wind comes up but it just you know pushed down straight away, but that was just the strength of the wind. Obviously, we didn't have equipment for for wind, and you hear about things like four season tents, and and, and that's the whole idea. Four season tents are made for the wind and the snow because they're a lot stronger. They can take a strong wind, and they'll stick keep standing up. Um, and if you're ever gonna do stuff in the proper mountains, now this isn't the proper mountains. When we go, when we say the Blue Mountains, they're not mountains okay by any other world standard by a new south wales standard we you know yes you're right
0: was, recently i actually hiked across switzerland and we are, we were going through the passes we are not even climbing the mountains we were going passes between mountains and some days we were way higher than mount Kosciuszko. so it was a bit of a laugh that we talk about mountains in australia they are challenging no ways uh i'm not saying that they're not challenging enough but as compared to other places in other countries for example in India or Europe the mountains are very high so yeah i agree with very that very
1: different very different sort of mountains and you know for most of new south wales you're not worrying about snow or anything like that um obviously in the Kosciuszko national park and that sort of area in parts of victoria you have got to worry about it but that's it the rest of, the rest of the country <laughs> no snow no mountains like that um where you get that big mountain you know mountain storms um but you know blue mountains were there You don't need those sort of equipment, but occasionally you do get a bit of a storm, and look, it was fine. We got a bit wet. It was an interesting experience. Obviously, hail can be a bit of a problem because, you know, you get, I've had hail at home. Um, I remember these, you know, reports of grapefruit-sized hailstones falling through people's roofs. So, you know, if you're out bushwalking and those come and, you know, freak occurrence, once in a 40-year event... You're a bit unlucky, aren't you? And um, maybe that's because obviously it starts smaller hail and it gets bigger hail. That's where you try to hide behind a tree or behind a log or use your packs and that sort of stuff. Um, because hail can hurt, definitely. Um, you know, so, so you can definitely protect yourself there. But you, know, you see a storm coming. It depends, depends what sort of storm you're looking at. Um, depends on your group and, and, and what you're going to do. Um, I, I've got this book at home that I'm learning about and it, it sort of teaches you about looking at the weather these, it's an interesting thing to think about because you know, once upon a time there were no weather reports or the weather reports were very inaccurate um, or, or not very specific. Uh, you know, these days we've got an app, you can, it tells you the weather wherever you are. Well, does it know the weather wherever you are? Probably not. It's just trying to work it out based on some other information. Is it going to be accurate? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but you know, often in remote areas you may not know, be able to know the weather in advance. Um, It can change, all those sort of things. And there's a skill in looking at clouds and being able to tell what sort of weather is associated with them. You know, big fluffy clouds, is that a problem? Some people may not know. I don't know. But if you read and you know, well, you might go, oh, okay, this type of cloud might bring this sort of storm and this type of cloud might be fine. And it can be quite a useful skill because then you can sort of plan what you're going to do around what the weather might be coming up. Yeah, you know, obviously these days you can use more things like um, a Garmin InReach, which can, can send and actually access the internet and, and via satellites and send weather reports and all that sort of stuff. But just having the skill of being able to look at clouds and tell what the weather might be um, or what they might bring, it can be quite useful to help you prepare. So
0: just for the no, you, the audience, uh, why we just started discussing about all this storm and weather. Because we are actually looking at two different sides of the sky. And on the right, there's a beautiful sunset. There's not many clouds. Beautiful. Just like any other sunny day. On our left, there are some mountains. And we can see some storms rolling in. There were lots of clouds. And that just kind of uh, invoked this whole story about what would you do if you get stuck in the storm. Fortunately, I've never had a problem as such that I'm in the middle of a hike, overnight hike or day hike. And we have a big storm few times there was one time i remember doing kananga to katoomba we were actually uh, we cancelled the hike very beginning we tried to walk for a couple of kilometer and we couldn't see anything there was a lot of fog the weather was really bad A storm was rolling in so the leader in the hike actually cancelled the hike because it was not safe for the party to go on so that's one thing people can do if you know there's a difficult hike challenging next few days and you want to decide on the basis of the day's weather whether you want to continue or not or postpone the hike to the next day or later in a few hours if you think the weather is going to get better i had experience with hailstorm a little bit and uh, i have seen getting holes in your umbrella if you think oh i'll put my umbrella up <laughs> and if it will be all right but there can be holes through it so if you think uh you can put holes in things then uh, just Secure your head with your pack or something, as Alex mentioned.
1: Well, maybe maybe we could look at um, Kevlar uh, umbrellas. They may be uh, more suitable for hailstorms. You know, they, they're not going to go through nice, nice bulletproof uh, umbrella. I don't know if they go for bushwalking.
0: I wonder how heavy that would be on a bushwalk.
1: <laughs> yeah, your point about um, not being able to see you know, fog and that sort of stuff is quite interesting because the weather can, not just getting wet, It can actually affect a few things, um, depending on what sort of walks you're doing. Um, When I bushwalk and navigate, I do it by map and compass. And a lot of that time, it involves looking at features from afar. If you have uh, the weather clothes in, so storm, fog, whatever, and you can't see your ridges, it can be really hard to actually bushwalk because it's hard to follow a track. It can be hard to see which ridge you need to go down and things like that. And I remember once being... You know, there's this place in Blue Mountains. Um and it's a bit of a trail you follow. Uh it goes from Canangra and it, it's called the Uding Rover Trail. Uh you follow it along, but you have gotta go over these tops. And we had to go along a number of tops and then turn off. And I was trying to count them and I was worried that I'd lost track of the which one I was on and it was all foggy and I couldn't quite see exactly where I was. And we just went, I think this is it, and I'll turn off this spur. And we're just going down this spur. And if we went off the wrong one, we'd be kilometers out from where we were meant to be. And we got to the bottom at night and all this sort of stuff. And it ended up being the right thing. But it wasn't until the very end that we were certain that we were on the right one. And that was just because of the um, visibility. Another thing that the weather can affect is how slippery things are. When it's wet, um, logs are much more slippery. Creeks can be much more slippery. So if you're in those in wet weather, um, it can be a bit of a problem. So generally, trips might change based on the weather and those things happening. Um, other trips can be completely fine. You're walking on a fire trail, doesn't matter. It's actually quite nice. Cool.
0: That's very true because I remember when I was doing a land track in Tasmania, there was a day when it was raining, so nobody else wanted to do a side trip, which I thought, oh, I might as well do it while I'm here. I don't want to sit in the hut all day. So I decided to go on the track, and it was raining and there were a lot of leeches because it was a rainforesty area there was a uh, every time i looked down my trousers there were 10 more leeches on top so every time i stopped taking those five leeches off i'll have 20 more so i thought oh how about i just run through this track so that will help me to avoid leeches getting on my shoes trousers and i had black uh, rain pants on so i couldn't really see the leeches sometimes good thing was, they were really long rain pants so up to my waist and uh, before they get to the t- all the very top because I had gaiters on I could take them off so they were not attached to my body anywhere yet so I ran and I still remember there was a bridge made of wood and it was so slippery I fell I uh. fell. I almost <laughs> lost my bottle face plant almost face plant I-, I think I used my arms to stop my face to hit the floor and that kind of made me realize it's slippery, it's wet. I'd rather have the leeches on me than actually <laughs> losing some of my teeth. So, yeah, you're right. The weather can actually change how you should walk anywhere. Mm-hmm. In, in general, in normal weather, I think that whole track you can run through. But because of the rain, the whole thing was slippery and wet. Not a very pleasant feeling. But, yeah, you have to change the way you walk. Thanks for informing the audience, Alex, about uh, what kind of precaution they should take in a stormy weather. Would you by any chance have any stories to tell our audience today?
1: Yeah, look, I've got a, another sort of story to talk about, again, involving weather. Uh, it was the kanangra to Katoomba, or well, we did Katoomba to Canangra. I did with my cousin Scott, who maybe might hear from one day. Um, we sort of, you know, started bushwalking together, I guess, or really getting into it. Um, And it was great because we'd go off together and just do our own things and we'd make lots of mistakes. Um, We'd just get maps and, and, you know, sketch maps, topographic maps, a little bit of stuff online and go out there and do it. Uh, And the good thing about going with someone, in this case, with someone that was sort of the same level as you was we made mistakes together but we didn't care. It wasn't a problem, you know. It's not like it was anyone's fault and we worked things out together. And this was one of our first big overnight walks, multi-day walks, I guess. And, you know, um, that route can be quite challenging in sections. It's it's generally got a route, but um, there were sections we didn't know where to go. You know, we got to, and people will laugh at this, we got to a spot called um, uh, Yellow Dog or uh, Yellow Pup Spur, so Mount Yellow Dog. And uh, we just didn't know, we, the map said go straight down. So we went straight down and... Uh, there's quite a good track to the left Uh, but we didn't see that and we're going oh geez this must be where the track gets rough and eventually we cut onto the track but um it was just quite funny you know just not knowing that it turns to the left and those sort of things was you know it's just when you don't go with someone that knows those things happen when you go with someone that knows they go oh yeah you just go this way and and it's completely different and you've spoken to someone that's gone they say oh there's a track the whole way we didn't know but um I think it might have been the second night we were up uh, near Dex Creek. We're in Dex Creek. There's a camp called Dex Creek.
0: So, how many days were you hiking I, this time? I think
1: it would have been a three day walk. Okay. I think three or four, you know, th- three, maybe three and a half. I can't quite remember. Um, I used to write all my walks down in my hat. I have these <laughs> great, uh, uh, you know, they're felt um, uh, military hats. I think they're a and And um, I used to write them all down so I could remember what year I did and where. But you know I, eventually the hat wasn't big enough so i stop doing that
0: so you mean bushwalkers hat was a bushwalker's diary back then that's but it
1: you. yeah that's it the, the bushwalker's hat was the original bushwalker's diary um definitely and uh and i do have diary notes from this walk i think although they may have got ruined by one of my diaries got a bit wet on a uh, lilo trip which was very disappointing and all the notes are still there but the Essentially, the the, uh, the ink ran from one page to another, so every page has writing in one direction the normal way and writing in the other direction, so it's very, very frustrating. Um, only one pen does that, which is most of the diary, and then the other pen and pencil is fine, so test your pen to see if it, it leaks or not. Um, but the story here is we're up near what's called Mount Cloudmaker and, uh, you know, for obvious (laughs) reasons, as per the name, we had a storm come through and, um, this is quite high. It's the highest bit on the walk. Um, Dex Creek's just, you know, half an hour away from it, down a little, little bit of a depression, um, little creek flowing past, nice little camp. And, uh, we got hit by a big storm. You know, we were in the storm. The clouds were, because, you know, these these are steep hills, you know, for the Blue Mountains, quite steep. And we were right in the storm. You could really hear the lightning all around us. When you get lightning all around you, you know that you're in the storm. You know it's not off in the distance; it's around you. And we're in this tiny, you know, quite small two-person tent. Okay, so two-person tents can often be quite, quite small two-person tent. And it just starts flooding. Like the water is just coming underneath. You know, this tent. Luckily, it had a floor. You know, and I, I completely take completely different stuff these days, but. It turned into a waterbed. Like, <laughs> literally, it was a waterbed. You know, you poke one end at it, you know, wobble and wibble around. I, um, I'm
0: hoping you had put it down properly because <laughs> I've heard people stand actually floating in the water. On well,
1: the water. Yeah, we, we had pegged it in, um, which was good. And we're obviously heavy enough that it didn't float away. <laughs> but what, it, obvious, it had some little leak or something was happening. <laughs> so we ended up with this pile of stuff. It was this... You know, and we're almost trying you know climbing on top of each other, and we're both quite big, you know we're not <laughs> small people uh you know I'm quite tall, he's tall, you know, and we're in this small tent um and we're trying to bring stuff in from the vestibule at the front because we don't want it all to get wet, and we've got this hierarchy of like mats at the bottom and then sort of like trying to stack the you know the packs on top of each other but not get them too wet, and then us on top of the packs so that we didn't get wet. And I just remember mucking around, I don't know, we must have been like that for an hour or more, just like in this big storm. And I was waiting for a tree to fall on us. That's what I was, even though I don't think there were any trees above us, like I don't think we'd set up under a tree. I just had this vision of, I'm going to hear a crack. And then I'm going to have to run out of the tent. <laughs> <laughs> or whether whether you just stay in the tent. I don't know what's safer. W-
0: were you planning to run ahead of Scott? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't know. You know, obviously you're not going to be able to get out of the tent in time. And this is why it quite is, Im- it is important to look where you set up before you set up. Look up. Um, the, the, you know, there used to be the saying of look up and live, you know. And the idea that you look up and say whether there's a tree above you. Because you know some gum trees can lose limbs at any time not even a storm they just drop them um you know with the heat or whatever but you know in this case i've just got this vivid imagination of a tree gonna fall on us and you're not gonna be able to see it fall and it's just gonna squish us um luckily that didn't happen um but you know again there was hail it was good that we're in the tent uh and lots of lightning but you know not close enough yeah it didn't hit us or anything but that was quite interesting just because we're up high now we weren't right on the you know open ridge line which was good you know this is just a slight little depression but we were really in the storm and i think it was the rain more than anything how much water flooded under the tent and you know it's times like that that you sort of think about the shelter that you had because if i just had my little you know basic setup i would have been very wet oh um, the poncho yeah the poncho or my you know tyvek you know all that sort of stuff just gets quite wet yeah you know, even a lot of people use, okay, so you've got fly, which is fine, but the water runs through. And if you've just got a ground sheet and it's really flooding, you're going to get wet. Um, and then you start to have, uh, you know, tents, prop, sort of tents that have an open base. So um, I used to use old school sort of tents, Paddy Pallon, um, Japara tents I've used a fair bit. Um, they don't have any floor. Um, they're great because you can make them really wide. They're a bit lighter, but no floor again. Water runs underneath. And then you start getting these lightweight, tent with a what they call is a bucket sort of a bucket um base so they've got little uh, the the ground sheet goes along flat and then they've got little walls and they're quite good where it's going to rain a bit because the water doesn't go over the top but the chance of that happening is generally quite low you can normally see by the weather report whether it's going to pour rain if it's gone pour rain you take a good tent with sealed walls So you don't get flooded out.
0: And depend on whether you're open ground or open area or in a cave as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's a Blue Mountains is known for having camp caves. You know, known camp caves. And often in some areas you can just find them. Um, And they're great. You know, you find a camp cave, um, you're happy. Because you're going to be dry, out of the storm, you know. And there are camp caves... To, uh, to be truthful there's a there's a camp cave actually not too far away from where we camp probably about I half an hour I think there's a
0: hundred man cave and yeah, there's a, a man thousand cave, man cave
1: hundred man cave and thousand man cave and they're not too far from where we were but we didn't know about them so we didn't go there and, we, and again for whatever reason we didn't think the storm was going to come so we didn't yeah, plan ahead
0: I think that's a good idea if you know any cave Or on the walk, you have seen Mm. a little bit of cave shelter, Mm. and you know the storm is coming. And depending how many people in your party, you can always Mm. shelter in the Mm. cave. Even you might not be comfortable if you have too many people, but you will be away from the lightning and everything But But
1: always bring camping, like a tent or, or fly or something like that, because there's been two reasons. One, there's been stories of people, for whatever reason, not being able to find the camp cave and uh and they've been told oh you don't need to bring your overnight you know your your tent or whatever and they haven't brought a tent and they haven't found the camp cave and they've just been outside luckily it didn't rain another reason is you might get to it and it's full there are already people in it and general etiquette is that you don't go in if someone else is there unless it's massive so um you know always bring your tent don't rely on it but maybe you'll take a lighter tent or something like that and hope for the best yeah but um that was you know quite an experience i'll tell you that
0: Thank you, Alex, for spending time with me and our audience for Bushwalkers Diary. A lot of uh, insightful information as well as a very interesting and uh, nice story we heard from you.
1: Yeah, look, it's been great. And um, thankfully, this storm that we've been looking at appears to have fizzled out a little bit uh, but i could tell that from you know my vast knowledge of <laughs> of storms uh, but uh you know so we're, we're just seeing the final uh red glow of the sunset off to the right which is nice and no storms come along but yeah it's been great to share
0: uh, it's been actually coming close to full moon as well so we will say goodbye now because we still have to drive uh into the city we we have been exploring the wilderness here in queensland which has been great seen some canyon lookout and the best of the old lookout one of the lookouts name was and now finally we are seeing the moonlight it's been very pretty and uh, talk to you and uh, see you in the next episode thank you everyone goodbye